You are listening to the light of today with the powerful, life-changing Word of Christ that heals, delivers, transforms, and fills you with the Holy Spirit. Let God's truth burst forth into your heart. Stay tuned to the light of today with Chris Palmer. Seated, you can be seated. If you have your Bible this morning, I want to invite you to turn to Mark 16. Mark chapter 16, if you have your Bible. Church is looking good. All the red, all the red and white and black. You're looking good this morning, light of the day. Looking good. Looking Christmassy. I really didn't feel like being too Christmassy. I kind of compromised. A little bit of maroon, a little bit of black. Amen. You sense God's presence that's here. Oh, I feel a power. I feel a power. Hallelujah. If you have your Bible, go with me to Mark 16. Mark 16. I told the Spirit of God that I would listen for His voice. And when you're listening to God's voice, you usually do unconventional things. I understand it's Christmas, and I understand that there are Christmas pageants and plays going on, but I have to minister the way God ministers to me. Somebody said to me when, when they knew Pastor Wadi was coming, what, not from this church, someone, someone else. They said, are you having an ex-Muslim come during Christmas? And I told them, well... I said, do you want me just to bring in a petting zoo of camels, and is that what I should do during Christmas? Do you want me just to have barn animals here, or does that make you happy? We do what the Lord tells us to do, amen. And we just had a Christmas drive, if you didn't, the Christmas drive was as Christmas as it gets. We had Christmas music going, my God, I almost got hot cider for everybody, but I, that'll be next year, Della, put that on the list, amen. <laughs> but I want to, the Spirit of God, I was in my office this week. And I, I was, I mean, the Spirit of God came over me so strong. And I had a sermon and ready. I just had to change it. And I want to minister this morning on catching the spirit of evangelism. It says in Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. You see the seriousness of what Jesus is talking about here. Is that when God gave us a commission, it was so important that the commission to do what Jesus told his apostles and later us to do as his disciples means the difference between a person's eternity. Can I get an amen this morning? And then he tells you that when you go and preach his gospel, the demonstration and preaching of the gospel should be confirmed and demonstrated with signs following. And then he says, after this, the account says, And the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miracles. This morning, say with me, catching. Say catching the spirit of evangelism. And I don't mean this morning just doing evangelism. Because I believe this, and my job as pastor is not to just be a nice guy, but it's to speak the truth in love. If you don't catch the spirit of evangelism, evangelism will come off corny. Evangelism will be ineffective, and it will be a waste of time unless you catch the spirit of evangelism. Can I get an amen this morning? Acts 1.8 says, Jesus told his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Acts chapter 14 and verse number 3, it says, but the apostles stayed there a long time, preaching boldly about the grace of the Lord. And it just didn't stop at preaching. It says, and the Lord proved their message was true by giving them Power to do miraculous signs and wonders. The preaching of the gospel from the very time it began was confirmed by the power and demonstration of the supernatural. It is not enough just to tell the gospel. It has to be confirmed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Can somebody say amen to this this morning? And you say, what is evangelism? Because we're talking this morning about catching it. I believe in this church this morning, you can catch something from the Holy Spirit. 
Not a cold, not the flu, but something comes over you. You know when you get a cold? Suddenly you're sitting there and you just feel that itch in the back of your throat. You feel that water in your eye, it kind of burns. You wake up and you feel kind of drippy in the back of your throat. And you know that if nothing changes, you're now going to have to endure one to two, maybe three, four weeks of this. Of course, you could get healed, but most people, they endure it, right? But something, it comes on you suddenly. It comes on you unexpectedly. And when you catch it, you become infected and you start affecting the people around you. The Holy Spirit is the same thing. You could just be here one Sunday, a normal person, a normal believer, but something comes over you that's contagious, that comes upon you suddenly. And suddenly you become somebody different. A disease and a virus is a mutation of something. And when you catch a cold, you start mutating into what that cold that's put inside of your body. What God wants is believers who are dead and believers who are dry to catch something that causes their lives as Christians to be contagious. Amen, somebody. Evangelism. This is it. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Evangelism is a word that described what a messenger does when he comes from the place of battle to declare victory over the enemy and death over the opponent. I'll say that one more time. You say, Pastor, what is evangelism? Euangelion is the Greek word. It means to preach the gospel. It wasn't first used to talk about just telling people about Jesus. It was a word that simply meant what a messenger does. Are you with me this morning? It's what a messenger does when he is overcome in battle. And he as the messenger has witnessed what has happened in the battle. He wasn't the fighter of the battle. He was someone they had in those days, messengers that were designated to go back to the city whom the warriors were representing and tell them this has what taken place in the battle. And when he witnessed what happened, he saw with his eyes, he heard with his ears, and he went back to the city and he said, this is what happened. We saw our city overcome. And when he came back, he was carrying the banner of victory. Can I get an amen this morning, somebody? This is what evangelism, when you see and you witness something with your eyes that is a victory, when something occurs to you that has been won, God places in your arms and in your hands a banner of victory and tells you to go back and tell everybody about the victory. That was what? In Jesus. A church that does evangelism is a church that is carrying a banner of victory about what Jesus has done over the enemy. When there's no evangelism in the church by the Holy Spirit, when people are timid about telling people about the gospel, when people do not want to talk about what Jesus did, or they do it very far and few between, the church is not carrying the banner of victory. This year in 2016, I believe that God has put a victory in your heart. He's put a victory in my heart. Hello, and this year in 2016, we're going to carry the banner of victory for Jesus. Because Jesus carried the victory for us. Amen. Hello, somebody. Amen. Evangelism didn't begin in its fullness until after Jesus had accomplished the victory. When Jesus told his disciples in Luke chapter 10 to go out two by 270 people, the disciples came back and they said, Jesus, demons come out when we preach your name. They said, Jesus, when we talk about you, something happens that's different than when we talk about the law. Something happens that is different when we talk about Christ. And do you know what Jesus said to them? He said, I know. He said, of course I know. He said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like, what does he say? Now people think many times that Jesus is saying, well, you know, I was there from the beginning. And when you know, I of course know Satan's defeated because I threw him out of heaven and he hit the earth like lightning. Don't make any sense for him to say that at this point. What the scholars tell you Jesus meant was when Jesus was praying for his disciples after he sent them out. He went to pray for them. And Jesus was saying, my heart went with you. And when you are out there preaching the gospel, 
I knew because I have a connection to the Father what was taking place. And before you came to me to tell me that you put the devil on the run, I witnessed what you were doing and saw that every time you declared the gospel, Satan's kingdom was falling quickly. I saw the kingdom of God was busting up the powers of darkness. And what Jesus was saying is that I am the Lord most high and it's going to even get worse for hell from here because I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die a death and Satan's kingdom is going to be delivered with the scripture calls a death blow. It's the KO punch. It's a knockout punch. And when I go to that cross, I'm going to hit him so hard, he's not going to get up. He may still be breathing, but he's not going to get back up from this punch that I usher in. And when you see me throw the knockout punch, what I'm going to do, come on, get excited this morning. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send my Holy Spirit, and my Holy Spirit is going to empower you to go and let the whole world know that I threw the knockout punch and the enemy is down for the count. Go tell the world that the enemy's been defeated. You say, but I had a pastor. I don't know how to tell people about the gospel. You have to catch the spirit of evangelism. I declare this year in 2016 that you telling people you won't stumble over your words no more. You won't be timid about telling someone. You won't care what everybody in 12 Oaks thinks when they see you praying for somebody in Nordstrom's. You won't care what people think on your job. Well, it's not PC. You know, the human services might get mad at me. You won't care. You go on the human services and lead those people to Jesus. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus has poured out his spirit. Jesus wants people to get saved. We can't worry about being PC when people are going to hell. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Someone say catch the spirit of evangelism. Number one, evangelism begins with an encounter. You cannot be a witness until you see something. You cannot go to the police and say, yes, I witnessed that car accident. If you read about the car accident in the newspaper. For you to be able to be a credible witness, you have to see more than words. You have to have an experience with something. Amen. Your account of Jesus is as good as your encounter. Hello, that's powerful. Your account of Jesus is as good as your encounter. And one encounter is not enough. God wants you to encounter his spirit day after day, week after week, year after year. He wants you to come to prayer in the morning because you encounter him. He wants you to come to prayer in the afternoon because you encounter him. Amen. It says here in Matthew chapter 11, verse 4. The disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus when Jesus was in prison. And they said, Jesus, we need to know, are you the risen one? Let's read it. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, he went out to teach and preach in towns throughout the region. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Or should we be looking for someone else? And look what Jesus told them. Go back to John and tell him what you have seen and what you have heard. You only have an account based upon the things that you have seen and the things that you have heard. If you haven't heard lately and if you haven't seen lately, there's not going to be much speaking going on. Amen, somebody. In Acts chapter 2, in verse number 1, it says, On the day of Pentecost, when they were all come into one place, it says that all believers were meeting together. These are not non-Christians. These are believers. These are people that were saved. Church people. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the mighty roaring wind. It says in NLT, like a windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like Cloven fire of tongues appeared and settled on each of them. When God poured out the Holy Spirit, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. When God poured out the Spirit, he was pouring out the Spirit of evangelism. You know, in the Pentecostal church, what we make the mistake of believing is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is only tongues. And we think that tongues in the Pentecostal church is the end-all, be-all of everything. And I thank God for tongues, and you need to speak in tongues. But I'm saying to you, it is not the goal. The Holy Spirit was poured out to empower you to be a witness. 
I tell this story often. When I was 14, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I mean, really got baptized in the Spirit. And I started winning my neighborhood for Jesus. Because I had an encounter with God. Everybody was busting up their rap CDs and taking them. And I dug a hole in the woods somewhere where nobody could find them. And took the rap CDs and put them in the hole. And put dirt over the hole so people couldn't go find them. I wonder if they're still there. I'm not telling you where they're at though. Amen. You wouldn't listen to those rappers anyway. You find them on YouTube. Amen. Because when you get the Holy Spirit, you want to win souls. You're sitting there, I'm powerless. You say, I'm powerless, I can't win souls. Every time I talk about Jesus, I stumble over my words. I can't mess with an atheist. How can I prove to an atheist that Jesus is like, oh no, I don't know what to say. My boss, he makes fun of me. But suddenly you get the Holy Spirit upon you. Something happens in your eyes. Something starts churning down deep in your belly. You wake up in the morning and while you're driving to work, you start crying in your car and your heart starts going out for these people that are dying and going to hell. Because I'll tell you something, your words are not usually what convinces the people. Do you know what it is? The spirit that you carry. It's not what you say. It's who you are and it's how you say it. You, start, you have a convincing demeanor about you. Listen, someone comes to the door selling you Hoover vacuum cleaners. You don't want a vacuum cleaner. You have a vacuum cleaner. But if they're a convincing salesman, you buy four or five for Christmas presents. Why? They have vacuum. You say, what? It's like the people at Costco. You know what I mean? They try to sell you a pretzel. This is just a pretzel. There's nothing about it. It's a flattened pretzel with air in its bubbles and pockets. Do you know what kind of pretzel? And they have samples. You don't want it. You're not interested in it. But they start telling you it's non-fat and gluten-free. And suddenly you got a whole cart full of those things. You take them home. You don't want these things. But it was something about the Costco representative that got you to buy those. What do they have? The spirit of a salesperson. But you do more than the spirit of a salesperson. You have the spirit of your father living inside of you, testifying of the victory that Jesus overcame on the cross. Can I get an amen, somebody? Yes, but I'm going through a hard time. Yes, that makes your witness even more powerful. Yes, but this is the worst time of my life. That makes your witness more powerful. The spirit of evangelism is the DNA of God. I say that one more time. To have the DNA of God, you carry a heart for souls. It says in Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 12. Let me read it to you. Matthew 18 and verse number 12. Matthew 18 and verse 12. Jesus is talking. If a man has 100 sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out and search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth. He will rejoice over it more than the 99 that wandered away. In the same way is not my father will that even one of these little ones should not perish. You cannot be connected to somebody that you love without being connected to what they are concerned about the most. You're connected to God. If you have a relationship with God, you will care about what God cares about the most. People say, I love God, I care about God, but you don't win souls. You don't give money to win souls. You don't come to the, are you with me this morning? Don't be distracted, listen, listen, this is so important. Because God wants you to carry this. Right, Della? People that don't win souls become dead and dry in their faith. Do you know how many people as a pastor will come to me and tell me, not from this church, amen, but I've dealt with all my life. They will tell me there's a problem in my walk with God. My walk with God seems to be stagnant. I want more, but I can't get it. What is it? It's not something that God needs to release to you. It's you haven't won a soul in 25 years. Hello? Do you know that one statistic that I read in a book called Unchristian said that 95% of Christians have never won a soul to Jesus? Do you know what that means? 5% of Christians are doing 95% of the work. 
5% of Christians doing 95, and that doesn't just mean the whole world. That usually means a church. I was telling God when he told me to do the toy drive, before, even before that, the turkey drive. God, you want me to give out 60 turkeys, but our church is 30 people. You want me to give out 200 toys, but our church is 30 people. And do you know what the Spirit of the Lord told me? He said, I don't need a lot of people to do big things. I don't need a lot of people to do big things. John Osteen, who is Joe Osteen's father, when he had the Oasis of Love, which was Lakewood back in the day, before it was where it's at. John Osteen, they asked him, how many members do you have? And do you know what John Osteen said? He had about 20,000, actually. Do you know what he said? 70. They said, 70 members. You have, what are you talking about? Is this, he said, I have 70 members. It is the 70 members that I'm talking about that do the most of the work. What about the other 19,930 people? They just come. They just sit in church. Do you know why? Those people have refused to catch the spirit of evangelism. And do you know what happens when people don't have the spirit of evangelism? They want to be entertained. You have two options in the body of Christ. Number one, you can be evangelism. You can be about souls. You walk out with the DNA of God and say, God, I know I'm going to a job today, but I know people are going to hell. And I, you know, you, I, you know, I pass car accidents when I drive past. I see this week I passed a car accident. And they have the stretcher out. I say, God, is that person going to hell? Or is that person going to heaven? People die every day. I was talking to someone in Brazil yesterday. They said, this person commits suicide. Because they're depressed. No one got to them. So you have one of two options in the church. You could be entertained with music. You could be entertained with stuff. Or you can be in evangelism. Evangelism is the better option. Because evangelism is God using man to draw man to God. I say one more time. Evangelism is God using man to draw man unto God. But entertainment is man using man to draw man unto man. Entertainment is man using man to draw man unto man. Evangelism is God using man to draw man unto God. When a person is hungry for God, they'll come to God. Someone was talking to me yesterday about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They said, do people need to even know there's a baptism in the Holy Spirit? I said, they don't sometimes even know, like Pastor Wadi, but he got filled with tongues. They said, how's that possible? I said, because when your heart is hungry for God, God knows what the next step is, and that is the spirit of power. Amen? Now watch this. If you treat evangelism as casual... Your walk with the Holy Spirit is casual. Hello, somebody. How are you receiving this this morning? I want you to catch something. I want you to be in your prayer closet this week at your house. Sitting there. Praying. Driving. And suddenly inside you, something becomes so burdened for the people that are out there that are going to hell. That you'd modify your whole life to reach these people. You know, every time I preach on these things, here, there's resistance. Every time I preach about going out and winning the lost, being filled with the Holy Spirit. In America, I traveled six years as an evangelist. When I preach in other countries about evangelism, people are excited. When I preach in America, people give me the, okay, we got to hear this this week. It's part of the repertoire of sermons. We just got to endure this. Why is that? Because we are westernized in America. And we have everything. And we forget that we are pilgrims passing through. Right. I was watching yesterday. There's this YouTube guy. Every time I put on Christian music, I got this. I, don't like, I can't stand YouTube commercials. Oh, my gosh. The little thing comes up and says, skip ad. I wonder sometimes if people actually don't hit that button. Three, two, one, skip ad. Yes, skip the ad. Why did he even give you that option? It should just be five-second commercials. It would be easier that way. 
This one guy would come on every other video. He's in his garage and there's a Lamborghini behind him. You may have seen the commercial. He says, hey everyone, this is my Lamborghini. Skip! I want to tip my hand through the thing and just shut up! Yeah. You know what I decided to watch it? Because I've seen it so many times. Who is this guy? Self-help motivator coach. They say he's a scam, whatever. And he's talking about his house in Beverly Hills. This is my house. This is my jacuzzi. This is this. This is that. And I had tear in my eye. And I heard what God was saying. Thou fool, do you not know that your life shall be required of you this night? And I think to myself, he may have the big stuff, but are we that stupid in America? To go chase something that one day you cannot take with you. People chasing riches and wealth. I was talking to somebody, a Christian believer, two couple of days ago at a restaurant. And he complaining. My life just not, nobody in this church, you don't know. My life just not, oh, I don't know what God's, where God's at. I don't know where he's at. I said, Why? Because, you know, I just haven't gotten this deal and that deal and this deal and that deal. I said, maybe you should come with me on my next trip to Brazil. And I'll take you to some places. And you, before you figure out your problem, you can tell me what their problem is. Because if you're saying God's been unfaithful to you, how about we find people that make way less than you and you tell me if God's forsaken a whole country of people. But they're down there full of power. Out of mobilizing. They start a church down there in Brazil. They start with 100 people. There's so many unreached people down there. And you know what they do? They go win people. They immobilize. Because when you don't have the spirit of evangelism in a church, the church is stagnant. No movement. Just becomes songs and singing and doing stuff. But when you have the spirit of evangelism inside of a church, it becomes a church that's on the move. Hello, somebody. A church, watch this, a church that grows any other way except through evangelism is growing strangely. Are you receiving this this morning? A church that grows any other way except through evangelism that is strange growth. Oh, Pastor Palmer. Why? You, listen. In the book of Acts, Acts serves as a historical document and a testimony that the church can grow in the most difficult of circumstances. If this church sets their faith to depend upon the spirit of evangelism for its growth. I say it one more time. You don't get any more difficult of circumstances than you do the book of Acts. Facing persecution in a pagan country. No Christians to hook up with at that point. The church was starting from scratch. Not a church, the church. The most difficult of circumstances... And the church overcame. The most difficult of circumstances. And you couldn't stop the growth of the church. Let me read to you in scripture. Acts chapter 5 verse 12. We're going to run through Acts quickly. It says the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. And look what it says here. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. Crowds, crowds, crowds of men and women were brought to Jesus. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets of beds and mats. And Peter's shadow might fall and some might be healed. Now let's go to Acts chapter 6. That's just one chapter down. The next chapter... The next chapter. It says in Acts chapter 6 and verse number 7. God's message continued. Continued. God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. It says in Acts chapter 11, just five chapters later. The power of the Lord was with them. And a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. 
It says three verses after that in Acts chapter 11 in verse number 24. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. Well, Pastor Palmer, we're just not into numbers and crowds at this church. Then you must not be into souls. I like when one pastor say, we count people because people count. How many times in the book of Acts does it say crowds? Crowds. Masses of people. When Jesus sees one person, he rejoices. When he sees masses of people, he all the more rejoices. It says here in Acts 16 verse 5, if you're still not convinced. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and they grew larger every day. How are they growing larger? Well, Pastor, Pastor Palmer, you know, I'm a mom, I want to win some souls. I believe winning souls is important. What about me? What about you? What about me? I mean, you come up here talking about winning souls today, but you didn't tell me anything about me. That's why you have a devotional life. Do you know what cools down the church of Jesus Christ? Do you know what will quench the evangelism is the what about me? What about me? What about me? Go with me to Acts chapter 6. You have the church of Jesus. Is this the church of Jesus Christ? What about me? Acts chapter 6 verse 1. Look at this. Here you have revival going on. The power of God is being demonstrated. Can I be playing? Thanks, Caleb. The power of God is being demonstrated. There is revival. People are coming out of darkness. Demons are coming out of people. They're getting filled with tongues. They're seeing things that the prophets prophesied of. This is the greatest time in the history of the church. And look what happens. It says... Right after, in those days, when the number of disciples was multiplying. That sounds good, doesn't it? Someone say, multiplying. It didn't say they were adding. It says they were multiplying. This is using language in the Bible, if we were doing our How to Study the Bible class, to show you something very interesting, what the writer is trying to tell you. In those days, the number of disciples is multiplying. Revival is being poured out. God is moving in powerful ways. And look what it says here. There arose a murmuring. The Grecians against the Jews were neglected or feeling neglected in the daily ministration. That is what stops evangelism. Is when you're contagious. God starts moving. People start coming into church. I, I went to 12 Oaks Mall. Two people came to Jesus. I walked into the coffee shop. My barista gave his heart to the Lord. God wants to release this. And then all of a sudden, you're giving testimonies in church. And God is moving. And people are coming to the... And then someone says, well, you know, I just... It's just you know, what about me? I've just been feeling lonely lately. We can't be a complaining church. We have to be an on-fire church. Because watch, when you are not committed to winning souls, you become distracted. The people that are winning souls understand God supplies all my needs. No sermon that I ever can preach to you there's never going to be a sermon that I speak or preach to you that will do inside of you what leading a person to Jesus will do inside of you. I say it one more time. Nothing I preach to... How many ever want a soul to Jesus? Amen? Hallelujah. How many remember what it felt like when that person, tears coming down their eyes, says to you, I need to give my heart to the Lord. What did that do for your relationship with God? It set you on fire. It made you say, I got power. Who, who's next? You know, it's like, I remember when I was first got a BB gun. I wanted to shoot a bird first. Because I figured if I got a bird, if I could shoot a bird, I could start small and then work my way up. And I walked, I, I, was, I was terrible the way I did this. I walked out into the park in the back of my house in the middle of February with a BB gun. And there was houses all around it. 
Supposed to be doing my homework. Snuck out. Cocked the BB gun. Put the safety on. Walked out. There's a little bird sitting on a tree. And there's about, I know, I know, I'm sorry. Forget, I repented since. I'm sorry. All the animal rights people would be writing me letters and saying sorry. It was fun being there. And it just is a matter of which one is going to have the bad day. Cocked the gun. Poof, feathers flew up everywhere. Bird fell down. I'm a boy. Come on. I'm like Dennis the Menace, right? The bird fell down. I picked it up and said, "My, here are the spoils of the victory. I was so timid before I shot it. I was so timid. Then I see all the birds fly away, and I see this one just can't fly. And it was bad. I won't be any more graphic with it. Rest in peace, my friend. And it was a morning dove. That was a bad choice. I know people looking at me like I'm nuts. I got delivered since. But do you know what happened after that? I became more bold. The next time it was easy. Next time one wasn't enough. I wanted two. It's called, Brett knows, he's a hunter. It's called having buck fever. You don't want to shoot that buck, but when you shoot it now, it's, where's the next buck? How many tags I got? How many, got, how many tags did we get this year? When you win a soul, it's the same way. You, you don't, you don't I, I don't know if I'm going to approach this person, but I, I, I don't know. You, you, I don't know if I, should, I, I don't know. You tell them about Jesus, and they get saved. They get delivered. God's power goes into them. Do you know what you want to do next? You want to lead more people to Jesus. You want to see God's power because you know if God's power works for them, it can work for the next person. Hello, somebody. So I want you to catch God's spirit. Do you know what the spirit of evangelism is? Go with me to Romans chapter 8 and verse 30. Hallelujah to Jesus. Rasati la vosa. Yela maresiteke. Shepravasite. We're going to set our soul, our, our hearts for 500 souls this year. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 30. Here's what it says. For those that wonder where I read, I read out of the NLT many times on Sunday service. If you want to know why, I can explain if you come ask me. Or why that. Romans 8.30, this is what it says. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Whom he did predestinate, them he also called. When you catch the spirit of evangelism in your life, what you are doing is you have now tapped into the voice of God calling humanity to be saved. When you have caught the spirit of evangelism, you know it because you'll find yourself on your knees asking God for souls. Let me ask you this rhetorical question. When was the last time you got by your bedside and you didn't just pray for your family? or the people nearest and dearest to you. You called out to God and said, just give me souls to be saved. God, I need souls. There was one prayer warrior back in the day. You could read his books. And he used to say, give me souls or take me to heaven. Because he has so full of God's spirit. I need souls. I need people to come to Jesus. You know, this world today is more ungodly than it's ever been. I can't even, st I go on social media to post for the church and things to get people to come. And videos about birds being attacked by Star Wars. Anyway. But I don't, e I don't even like to look at social media because it's godliness. Godlessness. Mine's godliness, but everybody else's. I'm just teasing. And I know this. The world needs Jesus. And they're not going to find him until you respond and herald God. And you're not going to be able to do it until you have the Holy Spirit in your life. Families and couples, you should pray every morning and ask God, fill us with the spirit of the evangelist. Hello, somebody. 
How many souls? You say, well, this is where we want our business to be at the end of the year. This is where we want our, this is where we want our finances to be. This is where we want our health to be. Did you say this is how many souls we want to win this year? Do you say, well, you say, how many should we, you ask God, how many can we win to Jesus? 10, 20, 50? Set your heart that the person that you've been believing God for, this is the year they're going to come to Jesus. That person you've been talking to for 20 years, this is going to be the year they come to Jesus. Psalm 2.8 says, ask and I shall give you the heathen for your inheritance and the other most parts of the earth for thy possession. Only ask. Somebody say, only ask. Ask God. Ask God. Ask God. Say, God, may it be today. God, give me the words to say. Lord, fill me so we can preach and tell people about your victory. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Hallelujah. I understand this. We're not going to be on fire as a church. I want a church that's on fire. I want people to come in and find me in my office and say, Pastor, I got to tell you testimony. And I say, after service, no, I got to tell you now. 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 I want people excited at what their faith is doing and accomplishing. People praying for each other. To be a church of people that go out there and can't, win, can't wait to win the next soul to Jesus. People seeing God using them in supernatural ways. Not just people coming to church and leaving two seconds after church. I mean people staying around and encouraging each other and giving their testimonies. In 2016, you'll see I'll bring supernaturals back. We are going after the harvest this year. We are going after the people that don't know Christ. Because if we don't go after them, the devil will catch them. If you can't be excited about souls, you need a touch from the Holy Spirit. You need a touch from the Holy Spirit. Lift your hands to God this morning. Let's pray. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I thank you, Father. I thank you that we are the Pentecostal. We are the Acts Church, God. Acts has not been closed. We're that church, Lord. I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that, Father, you will pour out, you will break every complacent heart up. You will take every heart that's so consumed with themselves, so consumed about our own, our needs today, so consumed about us, us and me, and me and us. Father, I pray that be replaced with a heart of eternal ideas, a heart, Father, of the things that see in the future, God. Father, I pray that you would give us understanding of what's to come. And, Father, the understanding of reality after life. And that, God, I pray in Jesus' name that we win souls. I pray, Father, that today, as people are Christmas shopping, you produce encounters. I pray, Father, they go out with the power of your spirit. Lord, I pray when they lay hands on people, there be no shame. There be no intimidation. You have been given the power of the Holy Spirit. The only thing that the enemy can do to stop you is intimidate you. If they try and stop you in the mall, take it outside. Don't worry about what they say. That's what the other religions try to do. They try to use fear tactics and stare tactics. It's not going to work. You're going to continue to preach, and you're going to preach boldly by the power of the Holy Spirit. You'll go into places and tell people about Christ and see him come to Jesus. God is aligning for you divine appointments. Call and ask God. This week, I want the families of this church to talk about how many souls they're going to bring to Jesus. Write it down. Put it in your book. Set your faith upon it. So, Father, we thank you. I pray and release the power of your spirit. We got two minutes. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning, you want to give your heart to Jesus. You want to rededicate your heart to the Lord. You say, Pastor, I just I want to give my heart to Christ. That's you. Quickly, raise your hand if you're here this morning. Now that you've heard the light of today, connect with us. Go to our website, lightoftoday.org. Write us at P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. Or tweet Chris Palmer at twitter.com forward slash Chris Palmer. Our podcasts are free and updated regularly, so make sure to share them with a friend and tune in again to The Light of Today with Chris Palmer.
Now that you've heard the light of today, connect with us. Go to our website, lightoftoday.org. Write us at P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. Or tweet Chris Palmer at twitter.com forward slash Chris Palmer. Our podcasts are free and updated regularly, so make sure to share them with a friend and tune in again to the light of today with Chris Palmer.